Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Hi. Hi. All right. So this week we're in summer at the theater. We are watching nice Jesus Revolution. That's right. Such a good movie. We've seen it a lot of times. So good. But here we are set in the 60s, late 60s, um, the time of the hippies, our parents. People didn't understand them. So the story of these hippies, this generation of young people that people didn't understand, and the story of a pastor and a crazy hippie evangelist guy named Lonnie. Frisbee. That's right. So Pastor Chuck and hippie Lonnie. That's so good. So it follows just... Their, their life and also just a couple of the other characters, but just showing how the world was just in turmoil with politics and war and all that, which isn't so different from right now. And, you know, they're really just finding that these young people were looking for all the right things. But in all the wrong places. That's right. So it's awesome to see. We're just going to lean into that, just kind of what, what they learned as they, as they lean into what does the gospel look like, you know, for this new generation at the time. Hi, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're so different, they're similar in the sense that they both really love Jesus. That's right. And again, the message isn't so different. No. It was just the method. That's right. And I think that I relate to that a lot, even within our church. Yeah, this you know, community. The message is sacred, but the method isn't. That's right. And so we mess with the methods. No, it's good. Yeah, I love it. Resonated with me on so many levels, and even just the things from the '60s are the things that we that we look at today. Even as we look at our generation of kids now, so. Mm-hmm. And I like that that the pastor was willing to do whatever it took to reach people with the gospel. That's right. So good. It's so good to be here today, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. It has been such a great summer. I think it's interesting that you said all the things that I was just going to say, but that makes sense. <laughs> but just so great to hear from so many great speakers, but just, and to hear you know, what the Lord has put on their heart to speak to the church, and, and I'm very excited today. Today, we are taking a look at Jesus Revolution. Hands up if you've seen the movie, quite a few. So we first saw it, we were actually in Penticton, and yeah, and we ended up being snowed in. We'd preached in the morning, and then we're like, oh no, we're not, we're not going home tonight. So we're like, what should we do? So we ended up going to Jesus Revolution, and the fun thing about it was we had actually preached in the same theater that morning. That's where they have church. So in the very same theater that we'd had church that morning, we watched Jesus Revolution the night, and we were not prepared for it. And... We, I don't know, some people like to call this, well, uh, it's been said, the word happy clappy church. (laughs) 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 Well, if you've gone to the movie with us, we're also happy clappy movie goers. (laughs) (laughs) So we're like, woo, and it was pretty quiet till the end. But um, all that being said, I've probably seen it maybe six times all the way through with bits in between, and it just hits me so hard, partly because it's true, mostly because it's true. It's a true story. (laughs) And, you know, we we were talking this week, you know, about what Bible story 
that we could pull out the movie and I'm like, um, Jesus, <laughs> the Bible story is Jesus. So, but you know, it's a, it's a true story about a spiritual revival that took place in the 60s. Um, a couple other fun facts about that is that's when my dad gave his life to the Lord you know, and he, during the Jesus People Movement, they called it, and uh, he had an encounter quite like, if you've seen the movie, quite like Greg's when he um, is high on drugs and stumbling through the streets. My dad said to me, that's exactly, like how they portrayed it is exactly what it was like for me. And he came to that point where he was like, no, I can't, I can't. He, was a, he was terrified. And, he, and, he, and his life changed in that moment. He gave his life to Jesus and he never touch drugs or alcohol ever again and he has been serving the Lord yeah but uh, I wish he was here today that would have been cool because I'd call him out (laughs) but uh, um, but also a a beautiful fact is is that's where Victory Churches came out of Pastor Hazel gave her life to the Lord during this this exact time started in California moved up into Vancouver And that's where she was, where she was radically saved and never the same. 2,200 churches later, here we are, you know, and so many things more. But, you know, the time in the 1960s was a time, you know, in America, that was a time in turmoil where people were divided over things like politics, you know, things like, you know, war and different things like that. The, um, NASA had put a man on the moon, but at the same time, you know, there was leaders who were assassinated leaders who promised peace and the youth were disillusioned with riots, racial tension and civil rights struggles. It's not so different from right now, but out of this turmoil, the hippie movement emerged on the West coast. Do you want to put your hand up if you were a hippie in the sixties? Woo, we got a couple, a couple honest me. I should have... You know what, I really should have done my fact-checking with the ladies in the house. But, um, okay, <laughs> anyways. But, you know, they're rejecting the tri- traditional values and the boxes of the time and, and seeking a new way of living. So they turned to drugs and free love, thinking they could find meaning and freedom through these actions. We also meet Pastor Chuck, Chuck Smith, who during this counterculture movement led a small church. His encounter with a hippie named Lonnie Frisbee began a powerful spiritual revival. After experiencing the radical forgiveness and freedom offered by Jesus, Lonnie felt called to share the gospel with his generation. He realized they were simply searching for love in all the wrong places. The thing is, every generation is searching. We all have a God-shaped hole inside of us. We all want to be loved, to be known, to be accepted. St. Augustine said it well when he said, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find their rest in you. Well, in this next clip, we see Pastor Chuck and Lonnie just having a real heart-to-heart about you know, who are the hippies and what are, you know, what are they about and what are they after? And, and, you know, Lonnie just, he's like, he just kind of pauses and he's just saying, you know, they're, they're looking for love. They're looking for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. But, you know, he goes on to say, he's like, 
you know, he, they call, he calls them my people, you know, and he says, you know, my people, they can only go through doors that are open to them. And he says, you know, and your church doors, those are not open to them. They're shut. That, this is probably one of the, the hardest scenes it's for a, me to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it hits you hard. Um, and I think of that even as the local church and the, the bride of Christ that, that we are called to reach every available person by every available means necessary. That's right. And how sometimes we get in the way. Yeah of people coming to know Jesus. It was James, the brother of Jesus in Acts 15, 19, that said, let us not make it difficult mm -hmm. for those that are coming to know God. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's such a it's such a challenging and convicting moment in the movie. But you just think about it too, how they're just, they're looking, they're looking for to belong. They're looking to be known and seen and loved. And, and you know, as the body of Christ, we should be the first ones and they're looking for community. And that's something that hasn't changed. Yeah. People are going to go not where they're tolerated, but where they're celebrated. That's right. And a lot of the times it's not so much what they believe, but who they are. And mm -hmm. if they feel welcome and they feel accepted, you know, they're going to be drawn to those things. But sometimes those crowds aren't healthy and they don't have the best intentions for them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves as a church, are we open to the people that need Jesus? And how will they know that we are his disciples, but by our love for one another? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's very powerful. Such a reflective one just for our own hearts, right? Where we can get in that mindset of too, if we don't understand something or or whatever, we start to criticize what we don't understand instead of so leaning in this, with love. In this next scene, we have a lot of them, a lot of the characters, I'm sorry, I don't know all the characters that are in it, but they end up at an outdoor concert. So yep, there's singing, right. there's music, um, they're there even dropping drugs. Dropping drugs, sky, yeah. Like, and, but what are they preaching? They're preaching love. Yeah, everyone right? is welcome here. Everyone's welcome. Everyone is accepted. And you know, it's it's what the church should be preaching. Yeah. Within boundaries. Yeah. Within healthy boundaries. And um, here's, yeah, here's these young people looking for love in the wrong places. But we're going to see that this is where the church comes in. This is where every church needs to ask themselves in their community, what problem are we called to solve? It's mm, good. When it comes to ministering to those that eat Jesus the most. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. So there's a romance that's also taking place during all this, isn't there? Yeah, you see, yeah, see Greg and Kathy starting to get to know each other, but without God at this point, anyway. But you see that there's the same thing; they're searching. It's kind of cool. So, how to tell us a little bit? Tell us a little bit about that relationship and how does that transpire into uh, an example of a godly relationship, a healthy relationship between a guy and a girl. Oh goodness, honey, that's a big question. <laughs> You'll see as as we go on in the movie, but just how they again as they're searching for love and they're searching for all that they do find find God in One it. thing I noticed between the two, it's really cute. Um and there's one scene where um uh who what's his name? The guy says to her Greg. Greg says to help me out. Kathy. 
Kathy says, um, hey, you know, are we dating? Are we doing this thing? And it says, I guess so. But the moment you come between me and God, it's over. And it's so hilarious because they like have a laugh. But the reality is they finally have their priorities in the right place. Mm -hmm. They're not putting all the weight on each other Mm -hmm. to complete that relationship. They're putting it on God. And that's what it was designed for. My first point today is restless hearts. We do all the things, we try all the things, and yet still do not find what we're looking for. Every generation is searching for something, and Lonnie observed that his generation was like sheep without a shepherd, seeking connection but unable to find it. Gen Z is no different. We turn to social media and other platforms, but still feel more isolated than ever. You know, Lonnie's compassion for the generation challenges us to see this generation with the eyes of Jesus and open our hearts and doors to welcome them. He says, my generation can only walk through doors that are open to us. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and lay with me. That's Jesus speaking. He said, I'm here, whoever will open the door, I will come in. When it comes to the church, if we open the door, don't be surprised at who walks in. Okay, I love this scene. It's the best. It's my, one of my favorites. Absolutely. But you see, you know, after Pastor Chuck's been under some criticism from having hippies in his church from his own board yeah from his own board not our board but anyway but you know and some of the criticism was that they weren't wearing shoes and they might be wrecking the carpet Oh yes, and uh, that's right (laughs) priorities you know in eternity but then you see we come to this clip where he's um where you see pastor chuck washing their feet and saying come on in you know you're welcome here and it's so beautiful and and, uh, but then he just gets right into it and it says, you know what, Every, you're welcome here. This is your home. You know, faith is a journey. It's not a guilt trip. And, and you're welcome here any time of day. And, and it's just so great. But then he, he also goes on to really like politely, but straightforward. He says, you know, but that, that door, it works both ways. So, you know, if you're, if that doesn't, if you kind of if you can't be accepting, then you're welcome to go to. Yeah. It's such yeah, it's such a bold move, and he does it so with such gentleness and conviction. It's really good. I like his approach because, and this part got me. You know, we've seen this like five times now. You cried all the time, but, every time. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, but he had everyone look at him, mm-hmm. like even the naysayers. Like he says, "Would you look at me, please?" And he says, "Like everybody." And that includes, you know, his board members and all these young people in his church. And I think what really got me too was his daughter. Because mm. in the beginning of all this, she's falling away from her faith. Yeah, she wasn't too interested anymore. You know, yeah, Because like the Jesus that she reads about versus the, what's happening in the world and, and that, you know, is, isn't, isn't lining up until yeah. her dad opens up. His doors, and it was it was taking a lot of risks, 
Yeah. Right, because he knew, well, we got people that give to the church that have been here for a long time, and they might not agree with with the way we're doing church right now. You know, and really, like, the hippies that were coming in weren't necessarily what they would see as contributing members because mm-hmm. they didn't have money, really, you know? Yeah. And so there was that weight, too, that financial weight. But again, it was a matter of priorities. Mm-hmm, that's right. And he knew God's love and the and the gospel was a more more important than their for them to be hung up on their methods as opposed to that message. But yeah, in the moment, okay, this moment's so great because when you when you mentioned, he says, "Okay, that door they works both, works both ways." ways. Yeah. and then you see these older members of the board get up and they walk out, and then this other older gentleman stands up, and you think he's going to leave, but he pauses for a moment, walks over, and sits down with all the hippies, and he says. All right, Pastor. Now let's begin. Let's begin. And I think this is beautiful. That's in essence, that was a a new church that just began in that moment. Something new. And Lonnie leans over to him and says, You're gonna need a bigger building. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So good. Point number two, the door works both ways. Mark 2.22 says, oh, that's a good one. And no one pours new wine skin into old, new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined. Nope, they pour new wine into new wine skins. What does that mean? can't put new wine into old wineskins. New wineskins are a new way of thinking that embraces the gospel of grace instead of the legalistic religion of the Pharisees. Amen. God's love and forgiveness is the key. You don't have to clean up your act first. Try it. It won't work to receive grace but it's got to be poured through new wineskins. Culture changes, but the gospel never does. Yeah. And we got to be willing to meet people where they're at. I don't like shoes or socks anyway. (laughs) You know. (laughs) But we need to be close-handed about our message, the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, but open-handed about our methods. That's why we have young adults leading. That's why we celebrate our lit crew so hard, right? (laughs) And you know, sometimes as we get older, the music gets louder. Or or maybe it sounds a little different, but that's okay. It's not about us. It's about legacy. It's about our children and our grandchildren and... They need to meet Jesus. And you know what? There's Pharisees in every congregation. Hate to say it. They don't want to let anyone inside that makes them feel uncomfortable or disrupts the status quo. Matthew 23, 13 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. 
You yourself do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. I know, word of God, it's <laughs> so good. But it says, woe to you, you hypocrites. You shut the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Oh. Uh, what's a hypocrite? Hmm. You know, someone playing a religious role to keep others out, wearing a mask. Verse 27 says, looking beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of the bones of the dead. Yikes. You know, may we all check our own hearts on a daily basis. And you know, hypocrisy is the enemy of authentic revival. And I don't know about you, but I am desperate for revival. And I know we're living in it, and I just want it. I want it. I want Jesus. I want to see dead things come to life. <laughs> you know, dry bones come to life, like we say. And Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. Unless we're able to see ourselves in that group, Bible says we have no part with Jesus. We heard it in the movie too, but there's a plaque at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty, and it reads this. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Wow, hey? An invitation to the broken. The definition of Christianity. Romans 10, verse 14 to 17 says this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Revelation twenty two seventeen was in this scene as well. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Pastor Chuck said, find forgiveness and freedom here. No guilt trips. This is your home. And that's just it. You know, faith is a journey. It's not a guilt trip. <laughs> every day, every day is a new day, an opportunity for fresh grace and new mercy, but an opportunity to just, again, see our need for Jesus and experience his grace. And the heart of revival is humility. None of us are saved by our good behavior. Salvation is about what Jesus did for you, his sinless life, his sacrificial life. So let's not get distracted by secondary things. You know, culture wars or politics or music styles or shoes or not. But remember, we're saved by faith alone and by grace alone. Let's watch one more. All right, coming up to the scene at Pirate's Cove. And if you've seen the movie, you know kind of what's coming. But we've got just like hundreds of people down at the beach in line to get baptized. And it's so, so powerful. You, you know, you just see, you see Kathy go out first and, and it's just, just beautiful. And she's, and they say to her, today you are transformed. And it's so awesome. You think about baptism, you know, you think, oh, it's just water, but it's not. No. It's not. No. It's when, you know, the, the super touches are natural, right? And yeah, and we know that it, what it says in scripture that when we go under the water, it's like being buried with Christ. And when we come out of the water, it's being raised to new life. And 
And you see Craig and he, yeah. and what happens with Craig? Tell me about it. Well, I like, I like Greg. You can see he wants to step forward. He's got some hesitation and some doubts. And even when he's in the water, like he's halfway in the water, he meets um, uh, Pastor Lonnie and he says, hey, Pastor Lonnie says, so are you ready to do this? I've been praying for this the moment that I, that I, that I met you. And Greg, he hesitates for a moment. He says, uh, I don't know. And then he, he calls him out in that moment. He says, well, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Do you want to decide right you now? Want to decide right now. And really, that's what love is. Love is a choice. It's a decision. It's an action. It's a verb. And God does not force his love on us. That's right. He offers it to us freely. It's up to us to receive that, that moment. And in that moment, they have they pray, and, and Greg invites the Lord into his heart to be Lord over his life. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an intimate moment. And we've had the opportunity to baptize hundreds of people, and it's different for everyone. Yeah. And it hits everybody different. But every time it happens, there is transformation. Yeah. And it's... There's no other message more powerful than the message of baptism because when we go into the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave. That's right. And when we come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection power. Yeah. The scripture actually tells us that we are literally baptized with Christ in that moment. Wow, hey? And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I love how the filmmakers just do this beautiful job like it pauses in a moment and that's how i picture it for a lot of people when they go under the water although it seems like it happens so fast yeah in that moment it's like time stands still mm. and you see him reaching out through the water you can see this the sunbeams coming through the water mm-hmm. and when he comes up out of that water you can see in his eyes yeah he's different something yeah, and he knows changed. it yeah he's different and that's no different than what's happening here at College Street Victory Church. That's right. Yeah, I know you often remind us too that it's like, it doesn't mean life's going to be easy now. You know, sorry. <laughs> you know, storms will come and even temptation will come and we will still deal with sin. But but the difference is, is that sin does not have authority over us any longer and that we have authority over sin. So we have that new strength to be like, nope. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, again, when our past tries to come back, we can say, no, that past is dead in the water. I yeah. signed the death certificate yeah. on that, on my, on my past. And I am born again, you know, wow. so good. It's almost like getting a new license. <laughs> <laughs> a new license. Right. Yeah. 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 It gives you freedom. It gives you authority. It, it's, yeah, it's a new step in your walk with God and and we need to be clear for those that don't know this and you might hear more about it you might share more about it in your message Mm -hmm. but we are commissioned to go into all the world it's not a suggestion in our discipleship walk baptizing in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching others to obey God's command and surely he is with us always there is always a process to God's promises that he offers us and he gives us the next steps So good. Point number three, my last point today is the part where you say yes. The Jesus revolution led to thousands of people being baptized that day at Pirate's Cove, making a significant spiritual awakening in America. And one of those individuals was Greg Laurie, who later became a global evangelist. You may have heard of him. 
leading thousands to Christ. Again, thinking about our young people as a church, we must embrace our next generation, believing in their potential and calling to make a difference. We must continue to open our doors and hearts. You never know, you might be sitting to the next great revival evangelist. (laughs) You don't know. Let's continue to encourage them. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. I like to think of myself as young, too, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> but set an example for the believers and what you say and what you do, how you live in your faith and in your purity and your love. At the heart of revival, again, is humility. We must be humble enough to turn away from our sin and come before God asking for his mercy Again, we don't receive our salvation based on on our behavior or our good efforts. You know, even if we come to church every week, even if we're a faithful giver and an extravagant worshiper, those are really, really, really good things. But they don't qualify us for heaven. It's not about what you do, but it's solely what Jesus did for you on the cross. You know, I just want to close with one scripture. It says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, good things, but those are the second things. The first is relationship with Jesus. You know, if I could just ask you to stand, and after you've stood, to close your eyes. felt like this movie hit home for me in so many ways just you know as a mama in the church as a mama of young people but also as a sinner in need of a savior you know in Jesus he's running after us and anyone who opens the door he will come in and if you're here today and you have not experienced salvation I want to give you an opportunity a moment in time to open the door to Jesus it's not complicated there's no test it's saying Jesus I believe that you are God and I know that I'm a sinner please come into my life be Lord of my life so we're going to pray we're just going to pray that exact prayer and as a church let's do it together and if it's your first time today I just ask you to pray with your whole heart saying, Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God and I confess that I am a sinner. I believe that you died for me, that your grace is enough for me. I believe that you died so that I could have new life. I asked you to come into my heart today. I open that door today and I choose now to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just keeping your eyes closed. If that was you today praying that prayer with your whole heart for the first time, would you reach your hand toward heaven? It's only thank you. It's only my eyes that are open. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
You know, the Word of God says that if, if even one person opens the door to Jesus, that heaven has a party. Heaven has a party. Yeah. And in that same token, I'm just going to ask uh, Pastor Matt to come up and just um, talk with me just about baptism. We saw just in the scene, you see how it works? <laughs> you know, and we know that, again, going under the water, it might seem like, hey, we're just going under water, but we know when the Spirit touches our earth, when God touches earth, heaven touches earth, when things happen, things change. Wow, wasn't that a great message? Isn't that good? We just turned at least one person to tell them it's not over yet. <laughs> it's only begun. You know, uh, Charmaine and I, we've been on this journey a while and we get, we get to be a part of a church that will reach every available person by every available means necessary. And we're so blessed that we, we felt convicted a long time ago like James, the brother of Jesus, that said in Acts 15, 19, let us not make it difficult for those that are coming to know God. And if you can understand how to have a relationship with Jesus, then you can understand baptism. And you know, when Paul, he was formerly known as Saul, he was a religious leader, he was a Pharisee, actually. And he thought he was going around doing the right thing. But he had a problem with the whole Jesus movement. So he was arresting Christians until he met the resurrected Jesus on his path and his road and his journey to Damascus. And through a bright light that caused him to become blind, Jesus spoke out from heaven and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you forsaking me? But then Jesus also led him to a place where he would receive his healing. And the moment that he received his healing and was given sight again, he asked one of the disciples, what should I do? And the response was this, get up and be baptized. Acts 22, what are you waiting for? You've seen it, you've witnessed it. In Romans, it actually says that when we are baptized, we are baptized with Christ. That's how I always pictured it too. You know, in that moment of time that it might seem like it happens so quick. But when you go in the water, the word baptism means to be fully immersed, all in. And it's for a moment like time stands still. But Christ is there with you. And the water represents when he went to the grave. He goes with you. And when you come up out of the water, it says in Romans, it represents his resurrection that you're resurrected with Christ. And so that's, if that's you and, and you want to come forward today, you don't need an excuse. We're not going to drill you. It's between you and God. And if you want to step in and you're ready to be all in, just come forward. I know there's some people that might have even been baptized into religion. They weren't baptized into relationship. They didn't, they didn't know fully what it meant. Maybe you didn't even have a choice when you were a child. See, love is a choice. And we'd be honored to be a part of this journey with you. So as we worship God, just come forward. We got towels, we got clothes. My wife and I will be down there and it'd be an honor to step in with you today.
Let us worship. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time. Thank you.